Welcome everybody to Podcast Today for July 29th, 2016. As we approach the end of July, another big summer blockbuster has been released, another big sequel has been released. The fourth film, well, fifth film in the, the Jason Bourne franchise, but the fourth film directed by Paul Greengrass and starring Matt Damon. We had that um, Jeremy Renner side distraction, which was mediocre and ended on a car chase, though this film does kind of end on a car chase too, but still, car chases, it was a lot less satisfying for, for Jeremy Renner's board film. That felt like half a film, then it ended, and I'm like, well, that wasn't very good. This is the, the fourth film in the Jason Bourne trilogy. It is a direct sequel to 2007's The Bourne Ultimatum, and the first time in, as I do some quick mental math, nine years since we've last seen Matt Damon play the Jason Bourne character. This this film, it's, it's not bad. It is not even remotely near being bad. It introduces Tommy Lee Jones and Alicia Vikander, Alicia Vikander doing an accent, which I can't quite detect, but Tommy Lee Jones basically being Tommy Lee Jones. He doesn't do anything out of the Tommy Lee Jones ordinary in this film, which, you know, you cast Tommy Lee Jones, you know what you're going to get. It's, it's fine. It's, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Is that a, that's not, that's not exactly a ring endorsement of a film. In a summer of sequels, is it above average? Probably. Even then, I can't say that with a great deal of confidence. It's a, it's a spy film. Would you get everything that comes with a spy film? There is train stations and people looking nervously over their shoulder and people in control rooms saying, he's here, and a bunch of people on the ground being fools and not knowing what's happening. There's a bunch of people who are supposedly very good trained CIA agents in this film who are not very good trained CIA agents. They are very easily disposed of. But nonetheless... I suppose Jason Bourne is supposed to be a super spy. You can't help but make comparisons to Bond films, and even when Bond films kind of fall below par, they're at least stylish, and stylish isn't really a thing this film goes for. It goes more for kind of gritty on the ground determination, because it, it does the same kind of Bond thing where it crosses across multiple countries across the globe with big climaxes and, and spy things happening. But I don't know. It's I, I came out of the film thinking, yeah, pretty good. They did a good job, kind of furthering the Jason Bourne plot. I didn't remember much about the first three films. I don't even think I've seen all three of them. I've definitely seen two of them. I'm not sure if I've seen the first one, but it furthers the core idea that he now kind of knows who he is and now is trying to find out why he is who he is and who made him who he is. And that's the core of the film. He's trying to further investigate into his past and the, the role his own father played in him becoming a super spy. And all of that is fine. And that's it. <laughs> I don't know. It, there's some good action sequences, particularly one toward the very end where it feels like someone came up to Paul Greengrass and it's like, hey, Paul, we're, we're under budget by like $15 million. Good job. And he's like, under budget, you say? Let's blow up as many cars as humanly possible. And they do blow up an awful lot of cars in that final sequence. It's just like, yeah, car chase, let's blow things up. And it, it's kind of by the number spy film, you know, there's an agent in the CIA who's, is she working with Bourne all along? Or is she working to further her own career? And then there's the, the kind of rogue agent, that the outside the agency guy they call in to get the job done, who's willing to go to the lengths that regular agents aren't willing to go to. And they call him in to take out Bourne. And it does, it does feel like it's checking boxes. It does feel like it's, here's a Jason Bourne film by the numbers. And a Jason Bourne film, as, as I said, a Jason Bourne film by the numbers isn't really a terrible thing, but it's not an essential thing. And I'm, I'm never one of these people who's like, oh, why was this film made? This film didn't justify its own existence. Because, you know, some can just make a pretty good spy film and that's, it doesn't have to be game changing. It doesn't have to be this 
revolutionary piece of filmmaking that takes a, a spy genre at the whole new levels but they didn't really lean into the spy elements uh, as much as you would hope there wasn't really any kind of central conspiracy or central kind of thriller element that makes you think you know who's on whose side or you know the stuff you get with spy films where you're questioning people's motives and you don't know who you can trust and all that kind of stuff and this film not really the case you know who you can trust pretty much from the outset and you know what people's motives are pretty much from the outset there is the undercurrent which is trying to be topical of like cia surveillance and technological surveillance and the role that kind of google and facebook and twitter proxies play like this film has its own little company thing that they made up to serve as a stand-in for basically those companies those are the companies you're supposed to think of when you hear that that company in this film and you know they're they're working with the cia to to do backdoor surveillance on everybody all the time and you know they use edward snowden it's just like oh it's going to be worse than snowden and that's that feels so like clunky it's like guys there's easier ways you can say this is a really big cia surveillance hack without saying it's like snowden all over again it's like come on come on guys you can do better than that it's there's some good action matt damon's good i like matt damon he's he's good in most things he's likable though he does he doesn't really actually that that brings me to another point this film at absolutely no stage whatsoever goes for jokes pretty much not once which i find extremely interesting because i think there's an awful lot of pressure on an awful lot of films to to lighten up the script to marvelize their blockbusters because marvel they basically make comedy films that have action elements as opposed to action films that have comedy elements which is kind of the more traditional format whereas this is a straight-up spy thriller it's not like no one making jokes no one undermining the action by by like needlessly making a one-liner it's just it's just here's our plot here's our, our suspenseful characters and our suspenseful sequences i don't think this film ever really gets the suspense going they, they go for some kind of chasings through cities and some big operations that could go wrong and you know the, the idea is they're supposed to be really suspenseful and i don't think they ever quite grab that stuff the way they they at least i assume planned to but yeah it's interesting that there is literally no humor in this film whatsoever and i, I don't have a problem with that if you want to make a serious spy film make a serious spy film not every film has to be happy-go-lucky laughy marvel film it's interesting to see a blockbuster that didn't feel the pressures from the studio level when they finished the script to go you know we need some jokes there we need some levity and you know, levity's not a bad thing but it's not always necessary so yeah, it's Jason Bourne. It's it's pretty good. You won't feel like you wasted your time if you go to see it, but you won't feel like, you know, this was an essential piece of filmmaking. It's solid. You can listen to new episodes of podcasts a day every single day at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe on iTunes at the TWS Network to get episodes of podcasts a day and the weekend show in your feed every week. You can also follow me on Twitter at Gary Kidney, G-A-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y, or subscribe on YouTube. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.